Amen. It's good to have the buyers sneaking in. The weather didn't stop them entirely. They were trying to get back from Rochester. So praise the Lord, they made it in safely. I was praying they'd at least make it back safely if they didn't make it to the service. Uh, pray for them. They're heading out tomorrow, I believe, to New Hampshire. And then uh, on their way to Indiana and then Wyoming. And they just keep going that way until they're heading back soon. I believe, to Australia. So keep them in your prayers, but it was a blessing to have them with us uh, last week at the missions conference. And uh, So praise the Lord. If you didn't pick up prayer cards from our missionaries, they are on the back table, so if you need some new ones, most of them updated since the last time we've seen them. So uh, go ahead and get those. Hebrews chapter 13 tonight. And I was, I was thinking that uh, Pastor Legault is going to be preaching on Wednesday. And so that'd be the normal Thanksgiving message. But since I'm not preaching on Wednesday and I am preaching today, I'm going to steal a Thanksgiving message. And that way, if he was prepared anything, he'd really get messed up for Wednesday. So uh, make it a little harder on him to choose what he's going to do. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13. And so I think this will be a, uh, an encouraging message. And every time I say that, it ends up not being. So we'll see how that goes. But... Uh, I also don't want to preach long tonight. I know we have the baptismal service, and I don't want you to have to drive home with the weather getting worse. So I'm going to do my best to move right along through the message tonight. So uh, go ahead, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 15. We'll get one verse right here. And uh, he says this, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Uh, we ought to be giving uh, the sacrifice of praise. We ought to be offering that up to God continually. And what is it? Well, it's the fruit of our lips of thanksgiving, ultimately. Giving of thanks to God. And I think too often, uh, in our day and age especially, you get to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we won't turn to all that but uh, for the sake of time, but one of the things that mankind is in the last days, perilous times shall come. And one of the things that they are, the man, that men are, is completely, they're unthankful. Uh, they have no idea of being thankful for anything. They always think they deserve everything. They think they've earned everything. They think that uh, they get what's coming, and, and if they don't get what they think is right, then they're disgruntled about it, and they murmur, and they complain, and they gripe about everything. Uh, you get over to Revelation chapter 3, and the church at Laodicea is there, and you get to the last days of the church age, and you know what you get? You get the church at Laodicea who is rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That's what they think. The Lord says, But I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. You know what their problem is? Their problem is they're unthankful. They have all those things, and they don't think they need God, so they don't need to be thankful to Him. They don't think that they need Him. They don't think that He is really necessary. That's why He's put outside the church. That's why He is waiting and knocking at the door of the church, hoping He can get in and go fellowship with somebody. It's because they're unthankful to Him. Uh, they go, No, no, we've got it all under control. We don't need you. Uh, Israel got themselves in trouble because they decided they don't need God. Uh, the benefits, they forgot all of His benefits. Uh, they forgot the greatness of who He was. He told them over and over again to remember, uh, remember, remember. 
trying to get them to remember what great things the Lord hath done for them over and over and over again. He reminds them of the day that they were brought out of the land of Egypt. He reminds them of the day that He brought them into the land of promise. He reminds them over and over again how their shoes didn't wear out in the wilderness and how He fed them with manna from heaven and how He changed the waters from bitter waters to sweet waters and how He goes ahead and has water come out of the rock and goes ahead and takes care of their needs over and over and over again. And He is continually reminding them so that they'll be thankful. But when you get to the minor prophets, what do they do? Well, they turn over to Egypt and the other nations and go, these are the ones that have blessed us, and so we're going to go back to them to get help. And the Lord says, fine, you want to go to them, I'll cut all your stuff off and I'll make it so that you don't have anything. Because they become unthankful to Him. The danger is that you and I will be unthankful, and I want you to know there's plenty of things to be thankful for. In fact, there's so many things to be thankful for, you can do it continually. Uh, there doesn't have to be a stoppage. We don't have to set aside a special day to be thankful to God. We ought to be thankful to God continually. And so I'm going to give you a few things tonight. I only have six on this list, so I don't know. Maybe we could go a little longer, but uh, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to go quick so that we don't stay too late. But uh, we're going to just talk about a few things to be thankful for. Don't forget how good the Lord's been to you. So hopefully it will encourage you tonight. Father, we thank you for the night. We thank you for getting us in here safely. We pray that the service would be a blessing. Father, I pray for those that are being baptized tonight that your hand would be upon them, that you would uh, use this to continue to strengthen them and help them to grow. And Lord, we pray that you'd bless the services. Help us, Father, to, uh, Lord, uh, get our minds in the right place, that everything comes from you and that you are a great provider and a great, and a great God. Lord, we love you. We pray you would help us, Father, tonight to remain thankful and give thanks continually to a God who has done exceeding abundantly above anything we could ever ask or think. Lord, once again, we pray you'd keep everyone safe tonight as we go home later. And we pray you'd get the praise, the honor, and the glory. It's in our Savior's name we pray. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you would go with me back to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm, I'm going to stick in the New Testament tonight just for uh, good application for us. But uh, the principles throughout, throughout the Old Testament are very clear on being thankful to the Lord. I mentioned a bunch of them uh, for what the Lord did for Israel, just bringing them from uh, the land of bondage in Egypt and over into the promised land. And, and he's done far more than that for the nation of Israel. And he's done far more than that for you and I. But uh, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he says this in verse number 14. He said, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? Uh, for we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Uh, I'm going to use that as a reference to salvation. We ought to, be, we ought to be thankful for our salvation, that he gave us a victory that you and I could never have gotten. Uh, how do you and I have, have any victory over sin without Jesus Christ giving His life and causing us to triumph? Uh, you and I don't have, don't have any standing with God. We don't have any place with Him outside of the fact that we're lost sinners in need of a Savior. The only reason we get His redemption is because He gave us life. 
Uh, he gave us life. We become life unto life for those that are saved, but to those that are lost, we're death to death. Uh, that's what we are. Uh, they don't like us. They don't want us. Uh, we, we remind them of the fact that they're dying and they're on their way to a devil's hell for all of eternity because Jesus Christ saved us for all of eternity. Uh, we ought to render thanks to God for giving us a great victory, a triumph in Jesus Christ that you and I have because of Jesus Christ dying at a cross and giving his life a ransom for many. You and I know and we understand, just like the children of Israel, he says, hey, I brought you out of bondage, and they ought to remember that, and they ought to thank him for it, and they ought to be praising him. I didn't incorporate all this in, uh, but David sets up, and uh, Levitical priesthood has to set up, and one of the jobs they had for the priests was to give thanks unto God. Isn't that who we are? Uh, we're priests unto God. What are we supposed to do? We're, we ought to give him thanks. And we ought to thank Him. Why? Because we're no longer in the bondage of Egypt. We're no longer in the rudiments of the world. We're, no longer, we're able to have a victory over what the world cannot have victory without Jesus Christ. You and I cannot get any victory over sin. We can't get any victory over our problems. We can't get any victory over the fact that we're bound to a devil's hell for all of eternity. You and I cannot get that outside of God being good to us and His grace and His mercies upon us. And the day we quit thanking God for saving us for all of eternity is the day we have become very ungrateful. And He would have every right to judge us for it. I'm not going to stay there long. Go ahead and Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Not only has He saved us for all of eternity, and as I mentioned, I won't, I won't take long. Acts chapter 27. You know what's happening in Acts chapter 27, so I'm going to not give the whole story, but excuse me, the Apostle Paul, of course, is uh, on the ship, and they go into the storm, and the storm is getting ready to break that ship up, and the Lord has gone ahead and, and brought some judgment there. Uh, and Paul's on the ship, and in verse number 33... It says, and while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried, and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread, and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And, of course, you know the rest, and the Lord spares them and takes care of them and all that. Uh, you say, what did he thank them for? He thanked them for the, subs the sustenance he was about to take. Uh, the Lord's provision for us is amazing. Uh, you realize that they, the, the promise that he just gave them was that a hair wouldn't fall from their head. Now, I'm a Bible literalist, and if that's the promise of God... And you have 200 and, I just lost, 276, right? 276 people on that ship. You know what the Lord said? 276 people. We're in the middle of a storm. You're about to get shipwrecked, and not one of you is going to lose a hair on your head. We can't even take a shower without losing a hair on our head. But he's going to go ahead and throw them into the ocean, or into the sea, basically, into the Mediterranean. But they're going to be fine, and not one of them is going to lose a hair on their head. You talk about provision, sustenance and safety, security and the things that you and I want and the things that people desire all the time. The Lord goes, don't worry, I can provide all your needs. 
and he has over and over and over again. You and, I, you and I, we have so many things that we have that we don't even think about because God has been so good to us. And in our bounty and in our plentifulness and in the things that we have that are just so abundant to us, you know what we get? We get rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing and we forget the God that gave us all those things. When this is a time where we ought to be thankful and praise God that we don't have to worry so much. And I think sometimes the fact that you and I have to worry about some things on occasion makes it so that we remember the God that gave us all the things that we have. Too many times we forget His goodness and His grace to us, and so He says, hey, I'm going to put you through some things so you remember the one who gives you all the things. Because we love to trust in our things. We love to trust in the fact that we have all this stuff and that it's available to us and it's easy for us to get, and we're just used to being able to show up and get it. And the Lord says, yeah, but remember, I'm the one who made the rainfall on the crops so that you could have bread. I'm the one who makes sure that the sun shines. I'm the one who makes sure that the harvest can even happen. Most people think, well, I just go to the store and I buy a loaf of bread. And so the store gave it to me. And I paid for it with my money. And God says, you wouldn't have any of it if I didn't let it rain. And if I didn't give you the seed to put it in the ground. And if I didn't put the nutrients in the ground. And if I didn't make the sun to shine at the right time and give you the right. You'd have nothing. When he makes that statement, without me you can't do nothing. Uh, you can't even get a crop together without him. And we forget that. I, know, I, I don't think about that half the time. Probably more than half the time. We don't think, we don't think, well, where did that come from? We just go, well, I just bought it. That's, I mean, the Lord says, yeah, but I gave that to you. I supplied that. How many times do we get into the place and, and it happens that you and I need something and we, we go, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Where, did, where am I going to get this? And the Lord already had it in the mail. <laughs> he had already had it set up and staged and it shows up and you're like, oh. He goes, I already knew what you were going to need. I make you ask so that you remember I'm the one who gives you your needs. I'm the one who gives you all the sustenance that you need to survive. He says in Romans chapter 14 that uh, whether, they, whether they eat or they don't eat, right? They thank God. They thank Him. Whether they eat or they don't eat. If they're eating... They regard the day, they don't regard the day, whether it's this, whether it's that, verse 5, 6 right there, right? He's talking about whether they're, whether they're going to take part in this or they're not going to take part, whatever their personal conviction is for the day. You know what he says? Both of them thank me. Both of them thank me. Paul makes that statement in fastings often. He's fasting oft, but he still thanks God. Some fastings were fastings of necessity because he didn't have it. Some were fastings because the Lord told him to. Some were fastings because nobody could give. But either way to him, you know what it was? Well, thanks be to God. Isn't that Job's attitude? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we get worried because God's not doing enough. And we don't have as much as we'd like. And the Lord says, yeah, but my God shall supply all your need. Well, then you can thank Him even in your want. When you feel you're lacking, you know what you can say? Well, thank you, Lord, because I know I need you. And you can rely upon Him. Our sustenance all comes from Him, so we can praise Him. 
even when we're on a ship getting ready to be wrecked, you know what you can do? You can thank Him for your sustenance. Paul's not in a good spot right here. He's a prisoner on a transport ship going back to Rome, knowing after he gets off the ship, he's going to judgment either way. And his statement is, well, I'll just thank God for what we're about to eat. I'll thank Him. Go over to Colossians chapter 3. We ought to thank Him for our salvation. We ought to thank Him for our sustenance. I like this one. I want, I want to read like so much more of this, but um, we'll, go to verse, uh, we'll go to verse 14. He's already telling them what to do, right? Put on and, and do and what they're supposed to have. He says, and let the peace, uh, and above all these, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. You know our service? We ought to be thankful for our service. You ought to be grateful that God would do anything with you. You ought to be grateful that the Lord would make it so that you could help anybody else. Paul's statement about his troubles right back there in Corinthians is that they were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that they despaired even of life. And they had the sentence of death in, the, in themselves that they should not trust in themselves but in God. And how that he had delivered and is delivering and would yet deliver them. Well, why did he go through all that? He goes back earlier in the chapter and he says that I could comfort those that are in the same trouble. And that I could comfort those that are in any trouble. Well, would you be willing to thank God that you could serve Him? Thank God that He doesn't just save you and then drop you off the side of the cliff and just let it be? Let you flounder around down there and whatever it is? Or could it be whatsoever you do in word or in deed, you do it to His praise and His name and you get to thank Him that He would use you? We get thinking about ourselves and you know, unless you, unless you really think highly of yourself and you really you got a whole lot of pride issue. Uh, you and I quickly realize we are not fit really to do much of anything. Uh, God's holy, and He's just, and He's right, and He's He's merciful, and He's gracious to us. But the truth is that the idea that you and I would be considered a holy, sanctified offering to God that we could do anything really doesn't make much sense. <laughs> that God would go ahead and choose out of uh, anybody on the planet and go, well, I guess I could use you and go ahead and take you and put you into service and be able to have you go ahead and tell some other sinner about Jesus Christ and what great things he's done and go ahead and show them what Jesus did and go ahead and show them how he rose from the dead to save their souls and they trust Jesus Christ and you get to have a part in that. To be a co-laborer with God. That you, you ever work with somebody, you're that's a whole lot, you know, they're much more experienced in that field than you are. And so you're there and, and you're looking at it like, 
I don't know what I'm doing, but I guess I'll, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I guess I'll get done, right? And you don't really know what you're doing. You're just hoping you don't break anything and make it harder for them, right? I've worked with Brother Bacon frequently. He's a smart man. He works on a lot of things. He's got, he's got a lot. You're a jack of all trades most of the time anyways. Not everything, but most, you know, he's got a lot of things in, in line. And he and I will look at something, and sometimes uh, it'll be something I have some more experience in, and he'll defer to me, and sometimes it'll be something he's got more experience. I'll defer to him. Uh, and you know what I do? I look over at Brother Bacon, and I'm thinking, he knows way more about that than I do because I've never done anything like this, and he had done it before. And I looked at Brother Bacon, and I said, how do you want to do this? And he said, I'm not sure. <laughs> And I thought, oh, we're in trouble now, aren't we? And Lord worked it out, praise the Lord. Um, but uh, you look over at somebody else, and sometimes you know what you think? I shouldn't be on this project. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And so they're like, hey, can you grab me this? And you're like, you got it. I can grab anything, carry, move, do. I can hold stuff if you want me to hold stuff. But if you want a plan of how to fix this, I don't have a plan. I have zero plan. I don't know what I'm doing. You ever feel that way with God? You're a co-laborer with him, right? And he goes, okay, we're going to win an entire world to Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and save them all. Isn't that our command? And we go, okay. <laughs> I don't have a plan for that. And he's like, don't worry, I already have a plan for that. And my plan is you. We already heard about that all through the missions conference. And to, be, to think that you and I get to have a piece of that. We ought to thank God he'd let us involve in that. The greatest thing that he's ever tried to do, the greatest thing that he's working through right now is to see people come to a Savior and build a church. That's, that's the greatest thing he's working on right now is to see a lost world come to a Savior and to restore fellowship with a holy God that they would otherwise never have. And he chose us to be it. He chose us to go ahead and, and make that happen. We are unworthy. We ought to thank Him that He would even think to put us into the ministry. I'll look over at 1 Thessalonians. I'm trying not to go to a whole bunch of places for all these. I'm already on number four. I mean, that's not too shabby anyways. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm trying to get as many in as possible to really limit pastors thought process for Wednesday. Box them in, you know. <laughs> First Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul does this often, so I, I'll just give you this one right here. Uh, he does it repeatedly. Uh, but First Thessalonians chapter 2, he says this. That is not the right reference. How do you like that? Chapter 1, that should be chapter 1, and verse number 2. There we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 2, he says this, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. Uh, how about the saints? Are you thankful for some saints around you that are working and laboring? You aren't alone in what we do. There's other people that are actually, they're saved, they're going to heaven, they're working, they're doing some things. You're not standing there by yourself hoping for the best. Uh, oftentimes, you and I may be in places where we're a witness and we may be a witness all by ourselves at work or at, you know, at school, at a job, at, 
you know, out in Walmart for a moment, you're the only one there and you're, you're standing alone, but you understand that, hey, there's more than just me kicking around here. Uh, there's, more, there's more than just me on the earth doing something for the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Elijah gets, gets himself into trouble when he, when he forgets that there's anybody else doing anything. I, even I, only am left, and well, they're seeking my life to take it. <laughs> the Lord says, I got 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal nor kissed him. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, Elijah. You're not alone. <laughs> You're not alone. When we get ungrateful, you know what we go? We look around and we go, yeah, I'm the only one doing it. Ungrateful that there's anybody else doing anything. We get so self-centered that we don't thank God that there's other people that have influenced us for our entire lives. That have stood there with us and have worked with us and have talked with us and have helped us through our troubles and our trials and have prayed for us when we're down and encouraged us when we're down and gone ahead and prayed for things that you and I maybe couldn't tell anybody else but they were there and we told them and they prayed with us and they thought of us. Yeah, those guys. How quickly we forget those guys that have been there in the troubles and the trials just like we have. Go ahead and you ought to thank the Lord. You ought to remember some folks and remember what they've done. Remember what they've done not just for you but for their Savior. Be reminded of how great things they're doing just because they understand they have a Savior. Your co-laborers. Look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Two more, just two more. Second Corinthians chapter eight. We're thankful for our salvation. We're thankful for our sustenance. We're thankful for our service. We ought to be thankful for our for the saints that are working around us. And Second uh, Corinthians chapter eight, verse number sixteen. Paul says this, but thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. For indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. Now, you say, what is that? Well, that's a shepherd right there. That's someone, that's a, that's a pastor. That's someone who's trying to minister. That's someone who's trying to help. Uh, you ought to be thankful for the shepherds the Lord puts in your life. Uh, you, ought to be, you ought to be thankful they're there. Why? Because they minister and they care and they want to be there for you and they want to help you and they want to strengthen you and they want to be there when you're in trouble and they go ahead and they pray with you and they pray for you. They go ahead and give you the Word of God and they feed you. They try to feed you and give you something from the Word of God and get, try to get you the whole counsel of God. They try to go ahead and, and preach and give you the truth. And when you don't know what to do, they try to give you some counsel and try to help you through your trouble. They try to help you figure out what's going on. You ought to be thankful for a shepherd. Titus was there. Thank, thanks be to God. What did he have? He had the same earnest care. The same earnest care in his heart for the people at Corinth. To go ahead and minister to them. I don't want to spend a lot of time there. But the truth is, there's people that care for you. and There's people that want the best for you. And they work real hard to make sure you understand what's best for you. Look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Last spot. Last spot right here. 
Not too bad. I might be done before 7. First Corinthians chapter 15, you know the spot, but I'm going to read the whole spot because I like to. Verse number 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, we have a final success. A final success. You ought to be thankful that there is a day that's going to come when this corruptible puts on incorruption. When this mortal puts on immortality, when death may happen in this life, but it is not the eternal ending. When you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you go back all the way to point number one. See that? Uh, you have a Savior. You have salvation. You got victory over sin. You got victory over what was happening. You got brought out of the bondage of the world and the rudiments of the world. And now God has put you on a course to be set. And that course that is set is that you will end eternity in heaven forever. You'll be in the kingdom of God. And it's all taken care of. Death doesn't matter, sin doesn't matter, the grave doesn't matter, none of those things matter because death has been swallowed up in victory. You and I die, we gain victory because of Jesus Christ. We ought to be thankful. You know what we don't worry about? We don't worry about if I die on the ride home tonight, I'm not worried where I'll be. We may worry about what happens to our family and we may worry about people, the loss and the, and the sense for people in this life, but for me, I don't have any care. I don't have any, I don't have any care. For me, it doesn't make any difference. You say, why? Because I'll be in heaven immediately. Absent from the body is present with the Lord for us. The thought that you and I, uh, you know what we can be thankful for? That we have a peace that passeth all understanding. The world doesn't get that. The world is so afraid of death, and they're so afraid of loss, and they're so afraid of those things, but the Christian isn't supposed to be afraid of any of those things. We may not like the process of death, but the truth is, you and I don't have anything to fear when it comes to death. And the Lord eliminated that. We ought to thank Him. That fear is gone. That fear doesn't have to be something that, hold, that holds us in bondage any longer, because death is just victory for us. We finally gain the things. Can you imagine if you are working for the Lord and you're witnessing and you're doing what you're supposed to do for Him and you know He's your Savior and you've been trusting Him and you've been walking with Him and death happens and you step in front of the one you've been talking about for so long and finally get to see Him face to face. Let's face it, that's a thankful day. You think about all the times you've mentioned Jesus Christ and what great things He's done for a lost world. And you give somebody a gospel track and you try and show them that Jesus Christ can save them for all of eternity. That they can be forgiven of all of their sins. That they can be sure that heaven is their home forever. They can be sure. 
And that one you've been talking about for so long, the one that was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him with his stripes were healed. The one who said, hey, come on to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The one that says, hey, you can call upon me. The one that says that he'd saved to the uttermost. The one that can go ahead and go and be the one that forgives sins. The one who gave his life a ransom for many. The Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And then you finally get to see him face to face. Say, so that's our guarantee. If you can't be thankful for anything else, be thankful that nothing in this life matters in the light of eternity. Because in the light of eternity, you and I have success forever. And nothing in this life takes it away. If you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's nothing left to fear. There's nothing. They can't do anything. Oh, they, they may try to do all sorts of things, but okay, eventually I'll die. And I'll gain victory. We ought to be able to thank God that you and I don't have the fears the world has. Because we shouldn't have them. We have a lot to be thankful for. Sadly, we're oftentimes unthankful. When it ought to be the sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise to God, we oftentimes murmur and complain about what He hasn't done. We think about all the things, well, what have you done for me lately? Well, I know He did that before, but, I mean, where is He now? Amazingly enough, Job's answer wasn't that. When he lost everything, his answer was, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He still praised him. He still gave thanks. He still understood. Say, oh, well, he was, I know. But he knew he, he was far better than I am. And all this, Job sinned not with his lips nor charged God foolishly. How often do we go from thanking him to charging him foolishly? Because he didn't quite do it our way. So what, what do we have to be thankful for? A whole lot. And I think we don't do, I, I don't think we do it continually. And he tells us we ought to do it continually. Uh, Pastor and I talk about it a lot when we're doing discipleship with people. We talk about it when we when we're preaching on prayer and different things, you know what you ought? You ought to have a good time of thanking God for all the great things He's doing before you keep asking Him for all the things He hasn't done yet. You ought to let Him know you're thankful. Isn't it better, isn't it better when someone comes up and thanks you for all the things you're doing and doesn't always just keep coming up and asking you for stuff? Like you're an ATM machine. <laughs> just give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. <laughs> Lord says, or you could thank me. I'd like to bless you a whole lot more if you'd thank me. I wonder if the blessings would go a little bit better if you'd thank him. Because he just keeps supplying your needs. Say, what, what should we be? Just thankful. Because the rest of the world, in our day, in our time, even in the church, the earmark is that they're just unthankful. They don't think about thanking him. They don't want to thank Him. They, they figure, hey, I'm great, I'm golden. And the Lord says, 
Without me, you can't do nothing. Don't forget the one who's been giving you all the blessings. Let's go ahead and stand. They're going to come to the instruments. Those who are getting baptized, if they don't have to be at the altar tonight, they can go ahead and uh, go up to this front room on my right, your left, all the way up to the front. Pastor Legault will be over there and get you squared away. We'll take a few minutes here with the invitation and maybe sing a song or two in between. If the Lord laid some things on you that you just go, man, I need to thank Him. I just hadn't, I've been griping and complaining a little too much. And so maybe you ought to thank Him. Thank Him for just being so good to us. Father, I do thank You for the night. We thank You for being such a merciful God to us. Lord, so oftentimes we take for granted job and the food and the wealth and the riches that we have in this life so easily and so carelessly. We take for granted that you're going to use us and that you're going to do things and you're going to come through because it's just, you've been so good to us. And Father, I pray you would help us not to presume upon the goodness of God. Lord, once again, we pray you would help us to give you a thankful and a praising heart in Jesus' name.